For our first message today, we have a split sermon from Mr. Curtis Whiteley entitled, The Courage of Righteousness, Daniel in the Lion's Den. Thank you, Reggie. Good afternoon. It's wonderful to be here every, every week, isn't it? Week in, week out. I missed last week, and I think I really, I know it's cliche and we say this, but the topic of what I'm speaking about today, I think, really drove the point home. Uh, how much of a blessing it is to be able to come together. You know, we come together to hear the Word of God, and of course that's a focus. But just being together, being together in what God has called us to, and that is a family with each other. Brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think that one of the things that really drove it home to me was because the subject matter today that we're going to be dealing with, I think is in, uh, coming together and being with each other is an antidote to something we want to avoid. And we'll see this as we progress through this message today. Now the title of my message, as you can see, is called The Courage of Righteousness. The Courage of Righteousness. And what I wanted to, to bring out was... The courage that righteousness produces in us. And obviously you can tell where we're going to go in the book of Daniel. We're going to look at the story, if you haven't already read it before. Many of us had. It's one of the most famous. It's a very famous story in the Bible. The uh, story of Daniel and his uh, placement in a den of lions. I would venture to say... And I'm kind of going out on a limb, but I'm, I'm willing to, to go out on that limb. I'm that positive in it. That I don't think there's anything that's more annoying to this world than God's truth. I don't think there's anything more hated in this world than Christianity. And we see this more and more every, every day. And we can listen to the news. We can hear... The things that people say, we can see legislative laws put in place. It seems like more and more God's truths are being opposed to. And this is what the Bible almost is all about. And we know the, the, the story of the Bible, God's redemption of, of us human beings here on this earth through His Son Christ. But I think one of the most pervasive of all the themes of the Bible is that God's truths... God's lifestyles, God's righteousness is almost always met with resistance in the Bible. We can read from Genesis all the way up to Revelation and see that God's way of life has always been opposed. It always had. We can look at the greatest example of all in Jesus Christ. If you don't believe that God's ways have been opposed, ask Christ. He was killed for it. He was killed for. We can see at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he faced opposition. In fact, I think that's even incorrect to, to limit it to that. I think from the beginning of his life, we see opposition and resistance. If we looked at the, the book of Mark, and we're not going to go there, we can see that Mark begins with Jesus' ministry. And his ministry begins at his baptism by John the Baptist. And immediately after the beginning point of his ministry, Jesus is driven into the wilderness for what? To be tempted by Satan the devil. To be resisted, opposed. So this is kind of 
the theme that we're going to start speaking about today. Some of the things that I would like for us to think about is, in this world that we live in today, how it takes a lot of courage to be able to be faithful towards God. Because it's not popular in this world, in our lives, to live the way God has prescribed us to live. It's not popular in this world to be righteous. God's laws and morals are made fun of. The idea of having faith in a God in general today is mocked. And I think that we can look at many stories in the Bible, but specifically today, we're going to look at Daniel, the sixth chapter. And we need to kind of ask ourselves the, what the background was for this book. Now, most of us, well, I wouldn't say most of us, but when we, as Christians, it seems like, at least in my, I don't want to you know, put anyone into this camp, but the book of Daniel is often used primarily for research into prophecy. Daniel is a book of prophecy. Daniel's book is known for famous prophecies, such as the, the prophecy of the king in the north, the, the abomination of des desolation. The, one of the most famous prophecies in the entire Bible, and the most controversial, Daniel's 70 weeks of prophecy. And that's where people usually go to look at Daniel. But Daniel is so compounded and impacted with spiritual principles. Spiritual principles about faith. Spiritual principles about courage. Spiritual principles about what it's like to live in a place and in a world that is opposed to God's truths. So that's what we're going to look at today. If you'd like to go to the book of Daniel and join me here, that's what we're going to start out. We're pretty much going to read the entire book, or entire chapter, excuse me, entire chapter of, 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 of Daniel 6. We're not going to read the book. I, that'd take us about an hour. I've done it in one setting before. Uh, but to give us a little background, because it's we really, to understand what Daniel went through, we really need to understand his history. You see, Daniel was living in a time that all the prophets had prophesied about. He was living in Jerusalem. And he was about 15 years old in, in, in Jerusalem, in about 605 B.C. And all the prophets had been warning Judah and been warning Jerusalem that God was going to judge them if they did not repent of their sins. And his judgment was going to come in the form of of exile in the form of captivity. And at the time, a king in Babylon by the name of Nebuchadnezzar was ruling and ruling one of the most advanced and largest empires in the world. And they were going and getting ready to besiege Jerusalem. And this was a part of God's righteous judgment on Judah. And Daniel's about 15 years old. And in the first wave of this deportation, this besiegement of Jerusalem by the Babylonian Empire, Daniel, among with others, is taken to Babylon. He's taken captive to Babylon at a young age. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar wanted to bring out a lot of the capable and wise young men from Israel to work and to serve the king in his palace. And Daniel was among one of them. I mean, can we imagine what it would be like I mean, think about what Daniel is going through. 
Daniel's 15 years old. 15 years old. And he's taken away from where he lives. And he's, he knows the prophecies. He knows what is going to happen to this city that he's watching behind him as he leaves and he's taken to Babylon. He knows that the city is going to be besieged. He knows that destruction is coming to his kinsfolk that he's leaving behind. But Daniel, as the scriptures tells us, because of his faithfulness to God, becomes exceedingly successful in Babylon. He's very similar to Joseph. He, he, he continues in his faithfulness to God, and because of this, God is going to bless him, and he's going to bless him by being able to do things only those who have the Spirit of God and who are led by God would be able to do. Interpreting dreams, interpreting visions, working and being successful in the king's court, in the king's palace, in the king's services. And Daniel is going to make a great reputation of himself, all at the same time, always being faithful to God. And that's something, to make yourself a good reputation in this world, while at the same time maintaining your faithfulness to God, is something. And it says a lot. So we're going to go to Daniel 6. And we're going to see at the very end, the tail end of Daniel's ministry here in this, this foreign kingdom that he's been deported to in Babylon. And at the time, Nebuchadnezzar, he's already died. He's already went on. And actually, the Babylonian Empire has already been swallowed up by the Persian Empire. So now, they're not in captivity to the Babylonians, but now they're in captivity to the Persians because the Persians have taken over. And there's going to be this new king named Darius. And scholars are are a little bit, they argue and debate who exactly this Darius is in the Bible. Some say it's just another name for Cyrus, the king of the Persians. Some say that it's, it's a special king that's placed over Babylon uh, by Cyrus, who's the king of Persia. We don't know. But what we do know is that he is the leading figure at Bab in Babylon at the time of Daniel's situation here in Daniel, the sixth chapter. So let's look at the context. And we already saw that. We see that in the Babylonian Empire at this time, Daniel is older in age. He's been in Babylon for many years. And this new leader, Darius, is ruling over this area, Babylon. In verse 1 it says, And please Darius to get over the kingdom, 120 satraps, to be over the whole kingdom and over these governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because of an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave even thought to setting him over the whole kingdom. So just like the rulers before him, just like the advancement and the, the, the successes that he had and the the impressions that he had on other kings before Darius, like Nebuchadnezzar, among others. Now Darius, too, is seeing the specialness of Daniel. He's seeing how much of an asset Daniel is. And he's seeing and being very impressed by what Daniel is capable of and why. Why? Was it because he was just gifted from birth, he just had these talents, and he just had these abilities... It's because of God. Because of his faithfulness towards God, 
God gave him the abilities to be successful in what he did. God gave him the abilities to successfully witness to what, it, what happens when you are righteous and you are faithful to God in spite of it not being a popular thing. So when we read on here, we see that this passage says that Daniel distinguished himself in the Greek or the Hebrew, excuse me, says that he continually distinguished himself. He was continually having success and getting better and impressing the leaders above him. The New English translation says that this was an extraordinary spirit. The NIV says an exceptional qualities, exceptional qualities, and these qualities and abilities came from none other than God. Because of this, he earned several things. And there are several things we can see that Daniel earned because of being faithful to God. Number one was a good reputation with the king. Number two, an ability of leadership. This means that he was successful and had great successes and competency in whatever he was set over. And number three, favor and influence. Favor and influence. And because of this, Daniel's godliness, this favor that he gets from his faithfulness towards God, is going to ignite the jealousy of others. And this is a principle that we can see live out in life today. Jealousy ignited by faithfulness in God. When we are successful and we are successful because we are following God, people get jealous. People don't like to see people who they believe is just fake and not real. And they can't stand it because when we continue in God's righteousness, remember it's His, not ours, it exposes people's faults. It exposes who they are following after and exposes why they are not having the successes you are having. So let's read on here in verses 4 and let's see what happens after Daniel's successes. And verse 4 says, Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling governmental affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. He was faithful and always responsible and completely trustworthy. So they concluded... Our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and the high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced, give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone divine or human, except to you, your majesty will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and Persians that not, cannot be revoked. So, King Darius agrees and signs this into law. So the story goes as Daniel becomes more and more favored by the king because of his abilities his rivals will plot a plan to eliminate him. They're thinking to themselves, how can we get rid of this Daniel? This thorn in our side. 
We can't catch him stealing. We can't catch him in a lie. We can't catch him breaking any laws whatsoever. So, they have to make a law. They have to make a law and go to that extreme to be able to catch Daniel in a trap. In a trap that would result in their hope of eliminating him. And this is a common theme in the Bible. We see this with Christ. The Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, the high priests. What did they have to do? They besieged or beseeched the Roman Empire and Pilate to be able to kill Jesus. They beseeched those who were above them to get them to conspire with them against Christ. To do what? Eliminate him. Eliminate him. Get rid of him. And this is also the case in many other parts of the Bible that we can read. Where those who are evil and oppose God's truths and God's righteousness want to do everything they can to eliminate those who follow after God's faithfulness. Let's read on and see Daniel's response to this. Because Daniel's going to know all about this. We're going to see that Daniel is uncompromising in his faith. He has two choices. There's this new law put into place that anyone for 30 days who prays to any other, human or divine, but Darius, is going to be thrown in a den of lions. So, Daniel can run through his options. Number one, he can just stop praying to God. He can forfeit his faithfulness. Or he could compromise. Maybe he could compromise. Maybe he could think of a plan. Well, maybe there's something I can do to, to, to compromise my faith to be able to, 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 to win both. To, to, to kind of still serve Darius, but you know, still be faithful to God. He, he could have done that, or he could have attempted to do that. We know that that's not the way of faithfulness. Or he could have just completely forfeited everything and just taken away his faithfulness, given it up, dumbed it down, or the next option, in spite of great risk, in spite of men trying to conspire against him, he could what? He could just stay faithful to God. He could stay faithful to God. Let's look at verse 10. Verse 10. Verse 10 says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The things is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is the one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, 
was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statue which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. So in the midst of great pressure, Daniel was faithful to God. Daniel knew about this decree. He knew and understood that these men were conspiring after him. And most likely, Daniel understood why they conspired after him. These men who wanted to rid David could only do so by trapping him in his own faithful beliefs. Let's look at just two things that this shows us about Daniel's faith. Number one, Daniel's faith is shown in his refusal to submit to this ungodly law. Even though the punishment was death, and it was death, it wasn't, you, they weren't intent on just throwing you in the den of lions to be gnawed on for a little while. It was intent for you to be eight. Even though the intent was death, he still chose to fear God over men. To fear God over beasts. Despite the risk and losing his place in the entire empire and letting the king, which highly esteemed him, letting him down, he chose to be faithful to God. And we've got to remember that, you know, it's difficult sometimes when we feel like maybe we're going to let someone down that respects us and is highly esteemed of us. It's difficult. We don't want to let people down that like us or treat us well, like Darius. So this was a difficult situation for Daniel, I am sure. Another thing it shows in Daniel's faith is that his faith is shown in his faithfulness and his belief when he still considered Jerusalem the place that God had chosen to place his name. Daniel didn't see this. But he knew the prophets. He knew the prophets described and predicted this captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. But he also knew the prophets and God's promises that he would restore Judah and Jerusalem. That he would restore this land. That he would restore the temple. That he would restore this chosen place that God had placed his name in. And we know that this is something that will happen and did happen to an extent, but will eventually be completely fulfilled in that millennial kingdom which we are looking towards to. And we see that he has his faith in praying still towards Jerusalem, realizing that that is the place that God has placed his name at. The prophets. Now we understand as Christians today that we worship in spirit and truth. We don't worship, or we don't have to worship in Jerusalem, but we do know that God still has a plan 
for Israel. Still has a plan of restoration. And me and Mr. Gregory just before church was, was talking about this. That God has not given up on Israel. God has not given up on Israel. The church does not replace Israel. Those prophecies that we see in the Old Testament, God is faithful and will fulfill. He will fulfill them. And this faith that Daniel has is going to lead to the conclusion, God delivering him. God's deliverance. So let's look at that. Let's go on to Daniel 6.18. And let's look real quickly at what's happened here. Dan Daniel has been thrown into this lion's den. And Darius is extremely repentant that he ever put this law into order. Because he likes Daniel. And this is one situation where we see the faithfulness towards God winning favor over very important people. So in Daniel, the 6th chapter, verse 18, and I'm sure that, that the, the rivals of Daniel were probably thinking to themselves this evening, we've succeeded. We did what we set out to do. Daniel is no more. We don't have to worry about Daniel and his favor and how much the king wants to set him over the kingdom. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be jealous anymore. He's gone. He's done. He's over. But they were miserably wrong. We see this in 18, verse 18. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. And no musicians were brought before him. And also the sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, so that they have no... Not hurt me, because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now, the king was exceedingly glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury, whatever, was found on him, because he believed in his God. So God delivers Daniel. And as the passage says, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth because I was found innocent before him. God was his judge. God was his judge. So let's just look at some of the principles. Some of the principles. We don't have time to look at the very last part of what happened, but just to, if you want to read it on your own, we see that Darius is going to honor and glorify God. The faithfulness of Daniel is going to lead to the king Darius honoring and giving glory to God. So there's three principles I want to just briefly talk about. Number one is faith and courage in God can bring you trials, enemies, and opposition and resistance. Living in this world and trying to live after God's righteousness can bring us trials, can bring us opposition, resistance. Maybe this is at work. Maybe this is with family members. Maybe this is with friends. 
whatever it is, we have probably all could give testimony of situations we've been in when maybe being a Christian wasn't very popular. And because so, maybe it's not necessarily completely persecution, but maybe there's a temptation to maybe, hey, maybe I'll just uh, relinquish this faithfulness for an hour. You know, Ming and I were doing this, and it's probably not something I should be doing, but, you know, do it for an hour or two, hang out with this guy, and we'll be doing this or that, or, you know, I can't think of any examples right now, but... I'm sure that you are creative enough to, to think of a situation that would fit that. Number two, the other spiritual principle is that faith or courage in God can stop the mouths of lions, literally and spiritually. For us, we're probably not going to be thrown in a den of lions. But we have to ask ourselves, what are our spiritual lions? Who are our spiritual lions? Just as the Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 1 verse 18, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. And this is what we ultimately can be faithful in. And we can have hope in that God will eventually lead our enemies because they're enemies of Him. Enemies of God, enemies of God's righteousness will ultimately meet God's resistance, God's opposition, God's condemnation. Okay? The third thing I'd like to bring out just quickly is that faith and courage in God can be a witness to those around us. Daniel's faithfulness allowed him to gain not just favor with the king, but allowed him to be a witness on God's behalf, on God's power to the king. If you read on in the scriptures, we see that the things that Darius puts into place, that all kingdoms and tongues and nations under Darius's rule should give glory and honor to Daniel's God. So this is something that we have to realize that it is meant, our faithfulness is meant not just for ourselves, but for glorifying God and impressioning others. Jesus said that me and you are the light of the world and that we should show our good works, we should show our lifestyles, we should show the or attitudes towards men so that they may glorify God. And that's what we are sent here to do. Jesus is our greater light. And when we are the light of the world, we are reflecting that greater light. And we have to remember this. We have to remember that we have been sent here to be faithfulness to God, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of others, that they may see God, Christ, living in us. So as I close here today, I'd just like us to, to encourage us to, to remember that when we live in this world, sometimes it's not very easy. And it's a lie to think that Christianity is easy, because it's not. It's difficult. This world is opposed and resists the ways and, 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 and lifestyle and righteousness of God. So we have to remember that we must be faithful towards God. We must focus on God's righteousness so His righteousness can produce that courage that was exemplified in the life of Daniel. When we come into contact, when we come into situations that might put us in certain situations where we might be tempted to maybe forfeit God's faithfulness for an hour or two. Thank you.